You're listening to the Pastor's Chat Podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Dadeville. Welcome back. This is the Pastor's Chat Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. And I'm your host, Forrest Jones. And I'm Zach Brown. And I'm Ben Hayes, the senior pastor of this group who got left out of the Pastor Chat podcast last week. Yeah, that's right. We have the star of the show back with us. So whatever you thought was missing last week, we've got that missing ingredient back. Work is magic. Yeah, I was just a little disappointed when I went online and saw there was a Pastor's Chat podcast. And I... <laughs> This moment brought to you by Annunciation. <laughs> it's really hard to like take you serious when you're yelling at us when you like mess up the words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I really wasn't hurt that badly, but uh, you know, just to know that you guys had, had done this without me, it just was one of those moments when I realized that maybe I just wasn't all that I thought I was. That's not true. <laughs> You're the wind beneath our wings. Zach, how does that song go again? Not on your life. <laughs> <laughs> we want to maintain listeners. Uh, we don't want to scare them off. Well, that's no fun. All right, Brother Ben, let's get started with a little recap of this week's sermon. Well, you know, we finished up our uh, journey through the book of Malachi, and uh, we for, unfortunately we didn't get to do uh, Pastor's Chat podcast through all of that uh, but uh, one of the, the great things about that was we were talking about uh, returning to the Father and turning our hearts back to Him. And one of the things that is most needed in the church of our day, and, and as we turn our hearts back to the Father, I think we get to that point, is that we share our faith. Uh, but for some reason, uh, that seems to be one of the least important uh, priorities that we have in the church and uh, trying to, to figure out why that is, trying to, to motivate our folks to be willing to, to share their hope, to share their faith, to, to tell people about the love of, of Jesus Christ. And so uh, this past Sunday and this Sunday, we're, we're focusing on uh, the good news, but it's really not good news. It's the best news ever when you think about it. The gospel saying that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again. On the third day, and all we have to do is accept uh, the the fact that he did that, accept the forgiveness that he offers, and accept the free gift of eternal life that he gives. And the Bible says when we we do that, when we believe and receive, uh, we become the the sons and daughters of God. Uh, It's just that simple. And maybe that's part of the reason why so many people uh, do not share the gospel. Maybe they're not convinced that there's enough to it. Uh, it's too simple for them to to truly get uh, the message across. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And in that uh, one little verse, he tells us so much about what God's plan is for the world and that is that uh, the people of God, the, the born-again Christians, the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ, however you want to classify them, are willing to go into their world. Now, this is the thing, to go into their world and make disciples. Uh, one of the things that we, we get so wrong about the Great Commission is that we get this idea that we all have to become missionaries and go to Africa, to Asia, uh, South America, Australia, 
when the truth is what the Great Commission tells us to do is just start where we are and share the gospel. And wherever we go, share the gospel. And God will take care of the rest. It's just like in the early days of the church when uh, they started sharing the the gospel right there in Jerusalem. It wasn't long before people started journeying to Asia Minor, to India, to, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And as they were going, they were sharing their faith. And, and Christianity spread through the entire known world just by following the guideline, the Great Commission that Jesus gave us. You know, so today, 21st century, fast forward, and we've got all these uh, evangelism programs. We've got all these mission sending agencies, and we are falling way behind when it comes to the uh, population explosion that's going on around us. We are losing ground, and this world is becoming more and more lost every day. We're hearing stories about uh, people over in Iran, in India, in China, who are coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Great, uh, great um, evangelistic crusades going on in those kinds of places. And yet here in America, uh, we seem to be getting darker and darker. The fact that uh, fewer and fewer people are willing to share their faith. And so as we talked about this verse, the fact that Paul says, I'm not ashamed, leads me to believe that there are quite a few people who are ashamed of the gospel, or at least uh, making accusations that Paul was ashamed of the gospel. And and sometimes we are. I can remember when I was in seminary back in the old days at the Southern Baptist Seminary in New Orleans, uh, we had to to spend a a semester going out door to door. That was just part of the curriculum. And I can remember going into New Orleans and understand I'm, I'm I'm a small town country boy um, never really lived in a big city till I got to New Orleans. Uh, I was a little bit intimidated. So I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. There would be days when my witnessing partner and I would go up to a door and uh, I would uh, be praying, God, don't let them be home. God, don't let them be home. And go to knock on the door and just, you know, hit three quick light knots, knocks and say, okay, they're not home and, and leave, you know, because there was just this this fear, this intimidation that would, would grip your heart because, quite frankly, in New Orleans, you never knew whether they were going to greet you with a plate of cookies, or beignets, or a shotgun. I mean, that was just the way it was. And so there was this, this intimidation factor. And I think a lot of believers are intimidated and, unfortunately, intimidated by a lot less than, than that. We're afraid of somebody making fun of us. We're afraid of somebody thinking we're holy rollers because— we're uh, out there sharing the gospel that they're, they're going to call us fanatics. And uh, when, you know, truth is we ought to be fanatics for the gospel because it's the greatest news that's, that's ever been told. So anyway, we're looking at uh, this one verse talking about uh, the, the reasons we shouldn't be unashamed or the reason we shouldn't be ashamed uh, of the gospel. In fact, that it, it is a great news message. It's a powerful message. Uh, the word uh, that Paul uses there, the power of God, the salvation is the word dunamis, and it's talking about the unlimited power of God and the fact that uh, that unlimited power is found in the gospel story. Why? Because the gospel story is what enables us to be saved. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, and that name is Jesus Christ. And so there's power in the name of Jesus, and that supernatural power of God is found in Jesus, and it's found in the the gospel. And we cannot live 
without that kind of power. And then finally talked about the fact that the the gospel was a uh, saving uh, ministry. Uh, it, it rescued us from the penalty and the power of sin. And it gives us the hope that we have that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. But a lot of people stop at that point. They're saved. They're satisfied. Everything's good. And they think all they're called to do is just sit and listen to the, the service to, uh, you know, say good service, great, uh, great message or whatever they're going to say. But in reality, what we're called to do is because we've been rescued from the power and penalty of sin, our calling is to be a rescuer, to throw the lifeline to those who are lost and, and uh, who are headed for an eternity in hell. And so we spent some time talking about this verse, and then I shared a new uh, witnessing tool from the North American Mission Board that's entitled The, the Best News. And it's just a simple format of, of uh, sharing the gospel based on the bad news that uh, we've all sinned, the worst news that we can do nothing uh, to, to change that, that we can't do anything to recover from our sins, the good news that Jesus did something to, to do that, and the best news, all we have to do is accept it, and we can have that uh, everlasting life. And so that's uh, where we were on Sunday. That's uh, a little bit of where we're going to be on this coming Sunday. So, Forrest, when you ask that question, I'll be ready for it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I uh, I really appreciated this message and kind of how you handled it. I, I will say, um, to, to quote the meme, like when I first saw this outline, like like you had me in the first half. Like when I saw the title, It's Not Good News, my, my heart kind of sank. I was like, oh, no, you know, like— I've I've used this verse like like Romans one sixteen I've used this as kind of a, a hopeful good message and I was like oh no what you know have I been viewing this whole thing wrong <laughs> and then kind of kind of pulled that back around like it's not good news it is the best news um, well I kind of stole that from a contemporary Christian song so you know I, I wondered if if yeah. that was I did not give credit to them I'm not I'm sorry I don't remember who sang it so it's a mercy me song actually okay it's oh. the best news ever. <laughs> Way to go, Forrest. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll do any for, anything for the show, you okay. know, for the for the fans. That's what it's all about. There you go. But no, when we when we were looking at, uh, you know, we spent some time last year with our youth. I, I talk about it a lot, looking at the gospel and breaking it down and what really is it. And, you know, we tend to think that the gospel is kind of the admit, believe, confess, and that's all there is to the gospel. And Yes, the gospel is that that good news of what Christ has done for us and the gift that we have, but at the same time, thinking back to like the like the Spider-Man origin origin story with, with Brother Ben, or, or not Brother Ben, with, with Uncle Ben, sorry. <laughs> Uncle Ben as he sits there and tells him, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, yes, salvation is something that, that God has given us through the work of his son, Jesus Christ, that we don't have to do, but at the same time, like you mentioned, there does come that commission along with that that we are then supposed to live out. Um, and, and so I really appreciated, you know, specifically highlighting in that that, you know, there is action that comes as a response of the gospel because and, and that is still the gospel. You know, the gospel doesn't stop at, well, you know, the gospel is Jesus came, died, rose again, took care of our sins. And then everything past that, we've got another word for that. No, the gospel is everything. It is all com all encompassing. It is 
what leads up to it. It is the happening. It is the aftermath of that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that because that was something that, again, is, it's easy to overlook and it's easy to think that the gospel is just the good news and that's all there is to it. But we also then have a response to that in evangelism. Right. Yeah. It, it's not just the salvation. It is also the sanctification that's happening afterwards. And then our responsibility to turn around and share that with everyone around us. And we, we have a tendency to just get that first part in, like you said, and just, like, okay, that's good enough. We, we, we got across the goal line. And, and this isn't even something that necessarily is exclusive to the new Testament. I mean, this is something that we see all the way back um, from the, from Genesis. Like yep. when, when, when God reveals himself to Abraham and establishes his covenant with Abraham, it was done on the, the picture that, Yes, I am going to choose you as my people, but I am doing that so that through you I can reveal myself as God, not just to my chosen nation, but through my chosen nation, I can reveal myself to all nations. And and that's not something also that is exclusive to the Old Testament. That is still a picture now. Like, yes, God comes in and he, he did all the work on the cross on our behalf, but now that we are a part of this this you know, redemption that he has given us through the cross. Now we get the opportunity of kind of becoming a part of that story in using the salvation that he gave us to reveal him as God to all other nations, which we see in the commission to go therefore to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them what we have, what we've been commanded. Right. Yeah. I think, I think about all of that and the, little phrase that you'll see sometimes that whole thing of like, you know, uh, share the gospel. And if you have to use words, which is to me is one of those phrases we've come up with to give ourselves a pass, you know, that idea of like, Oh, if I just live my life good enough, then I'm witnessing to everybody I meet. As long as I have a Jesus is my co-pilot bumper sticker on my car, we're, we're giving ourselves this, Oh, it's, it's fine. But in all of this, not only are we called to live a life that is holy, but we're also called to proclaim this good news to others. Um, you know, Romans 10, it says, like, how are they going to know if we don't tell them? There's not this just great, hey, if you live a good life, it'll be good enough. Now, are we commanded to live a life that is honoring to God? Yeah. But to think that that's enough, you know, I think when you when you were there in New Orleans knocking on the door with that light little tap, 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 hope they're not here. You know, you probably fall back to that. Well, you know, we're living a really good example for everyone in the city. And they they know about God because look at us. We're seminary students walking around and we're so holy. When what we're called to do is tell them about Christ. And it can be easy for us to um, kind of sound like we're, we're talking to everybody else and saying, well, look at you. you. You struggle with this and we don't ever because we are the pastor's. But I'm going to confess right now, this is still something that when you go to tell somebody about Christ, so often there's that nagging thought in your head like, oh, how are they going to react? What are they going to think? I mean, what if they don't like me because of this? You know, we just, and I, that's the presence of sin. That, That is, we live in this fallen world where we have that, you know, always hanging over our head where we want to be liked and we want to be accepted and... Because of that, we're not courageous. You know, we, we sit back and we say, well, 
Maybe next time. And I'm as guilty about this as anybody. Uh, there's been so many opportunities that I should have shared the gospel, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, and that's something as I've grown in my faith, I've realized, yeah, I've got to do better because it's not enough to just say, well, I'll, I'll live my life and they'll they'll pick up on it. You know, that, that's not a pass that God gives us. You know, there's a passage in Isaiah, and I, I can't remember exactly where it is. Um, it'll come back to me later, but... Uh, there's a passage that talks about in the last days where the uh, pagans will come up to the the people of Israel, the people of God, and they'll say, take us to the temple and tell us about your God. And, uh, you know, we could sit around waiting for people to come up to us as as Christians and say, hey, hey, tell me, tell me why you're smiling. Tell me why you're living such a good life. It's probably not going to happen because people around us, one, they don't see us as any different than, than them, but people just don't ask those questions these days. But even if they did, we would still be responsible for telling them with our words. You cannot live a life that will bring someone else to salvation. You can live a life that will show them what being saved is about, but you always have to proclaim the gospel. And that's what, what uh, Paul tells us in several places, that God chose the, the preaching, the proclamation of the gospel uh, by which men would be saved. I was thinking earlier as y'all were talking about an illustration for this, and it was, <laughs> why, I don't know, but the movie Titanic. So, all right, Zach, when you were about five, <laughs> this movie came out. I'm aware. Um, it's about a boat. It was long before your time it sank. Anyways, at the end of the movie, the spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you've had plenty of years, so here it is. Um, at the end of the movie, she's on like a piece of driftwood or what, you know, a big wooden plank. She's laying on top of it. She's got, she's holding on to Jack and she's like, I'll never let go of you. I'll never let go, right? Another spoiler. 32 seconds later, she literally lets go and lets him sink into the water. And I, I just thinking about the idea of that kind of, we think of ourselves as, okay, well, we, we got saved. Like, okay, we, we became the children of God. Like we're adopted in his family and that somehow that that's enough. And, and I'm just thinking about a shipwreck and that idea of if you made it safely into the lifeboat and then took a paddle and paddled away from everyone else in the water, how would society look at you? Like it, how would history view you as that? Would they look at it and say like, man, at least he's safe. No, we would look at you as a monster. Yeah. And yet we have a greater thing than that. Uh, you know, we, we don't like to think about it, but the people around us are dying mm -hmm. and they're going to go to hell apart from the gospel. And we don't like to think about it, but it's true, no matter what if we think about it or not. Well, I, I'm not sure that, that uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure that a lot of believers actually believe that anymore. Because I think if we did, we would be more urgent in, in our desire to share. But as I, I said Sunday, uh, we are infected by disease that has a 100% infectious rate and also a 100% mortality rate. The only cure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only hope that they have to, to take care of this disease called sin is the shed blood of, of Jesus. And we have that. And God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share this hope so that they can have it too. Uh, and, and if we truly believed 
not only the people out there, but members of our own family. You know, we, we talk about how much we love our family, but how many of us have lost family members that we just, we know that, that they are not to born again. They've never trusted in Jesus Christ. We ought to be weeping and wailing every night because we know that according to God's word, if they die, they're going to be in eternity in hell. And uh, I'm going to tell you, if we really believe that, it'd keep us up at night. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and I, not to, to have like a go back to kind of what I, you know, grew up in with that generation that was really big into like the, hellfire and brimstone. Like I can remember all of the messages that my youth pastors gave me growing up about, you know, you're going to get in a car and you're going to leave. And and if you're not saved, then and you get in a car wreck, you're going to die and go to hell and fry like a piece of bacon in a skillet. Like <laughs> not necessarily going to that extent, but if, if we're honest, how much of this kind of issue that we have with this idea of evangelism really, if we look at it, roots back to a faulty view of eternity for us. Because if we really believe that that eternity is what we believe, and we believe that there are two options, heaven and hell, then shouldn't we, like you said, shouldn't we have a passion and a desire to make sure that nobody that we know has to experience that? And shouldn't that kind of impact every decision that we make, like as we view everything in our life as an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody or to get us to a place of sharing the gospel with somebody, would that change how we act? Because I I have people in my life that like really good dear friends of mine have, have been friends for years and, and looking at their life and they claim to be Christians and they claim to be, you know, all of the, all of these things but have not been to church in six months just because they have a free pass. And, you know, with everything, well, nobody's going to think less of us because nobody's going to church right now, right? Um, Every Saturday night out at bars, like Mm -hmm. doing all of these things, living a life that is completely apart from what we see in Scripture, but they're under they're living under that guise of well you know a couple of years ago I prayed a prayer and I'm 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 a I'm a relatively good person so like I'm a, I'm a Christian but if we really believe what we believe you know or what we claim to believe then it should impact the way that we live everyday life we should we should view people not as you know just another person but as another person who could potentially be doomed to a life of or to an eternity in hell apart from God. And that should that should in theory affect the way that we that we view everything. You know, you're right. And that's that's one of the things that drives me to to have the best children's program we can have, to have the best youth program that we can have, to have the best young adult college and career program that we ha- can have. Because I want to make sure that we draw the, the people in so they can hear the gospel as it's being taught. But but the truth of the matter is there are a lot of people who are never going to be drawn to the church because of the programs that we have. And we know that. We, we, we have been there. We've done everything in our power to, to get people back to church, to get people into church. And, and we know that we're never going to reach some of these people uh, no matter what we do. So what does that mean? It means we've got to go out to where they are and share with them the, the gospel. 
And, um, you know, that's one of the hard parts for us to get. And it's not a matter about planning a mission trip to go share the gospel. It's about planning your trip to the doctor, planning your trip to the grocery store, to where when you're going, you're waiting for God to say, okay, that's the one. And you go to them and you share the gospel with them. Yeah, I think one of the greatest lies that the devil has been able to to, to perpetuate is just the idea, this universalism, this idea of as long as you're good or as long as you believe something, then you'll get to go to heaven. And I, more than likely, based on statistics, there might be somebody even listening to this podcast that believes that. Yeah. And that's a lie, a lie from Satan himself, mm-hmm. because the Bible says that Jesus is the only way. And so that idea that, well, I don't really need to go force my beliefs. I believe this stuff, but I don't need to force it on other people because as long as they believe something, it's okay. That's a lie. It's It, it has been one of the most destructive lies in history because it makes everyone comfortable not sharing the gospel. It makes everyone comfortable just, well, I'm a good person. I'm very spiritual or whatever it is. Um, but at the end of the day, Kind of, it reminds me of what you just said a second ago. So I was in a Bible study one time, um, which I probably need to do here too. Um, but yeah, we, we do need to do Bible study here. That's a good idea. <laughs> we should we should think about that. Um, but there was the, the tagline was, "Do you believe that what you believe is really real?" Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me for years because when you start applying it to these things, I mean, applying it to something as as simple as the Bible. Yeah. Like, oh, what is the Bible? Well. It, Again, our kids in the children's ministry, oh, that's God's word. Okay. Well, if we really believe that, how do we treat it? And I don't mean like how do you treat the actual paper because I know some people that that becomes a whole separate issue. But I'm talking about like if this is the word of God to us, why are we not reading it? You know, if is the good news really good news? Yeah. You had that illustration you've used before about the idea if we have something really good, we're going to share it. So do we believe this is really good news? If so, then we should be looking for every opportunity to share it. And I know in my own life, I can think of examples where you're in a conversation with somebody and it just, it's it's like right there. And you, for whatever reason, I mean, they're almost like dangling out there like, oh, you know, I just, yeah, my life's kind of got some issues, but, you know, I'm sure it'll get better. And you're, and you're just like, yep. And that's what you leave them with was a hearty handshake and a pat on the back. And you did not give them the greatest news ever. And the thing about it is it is it is easier now than ever before. You know, I have apps on my phone that I can pull up and use it to share the gospel. I don't even have to memorize anything anymore because it's right there on the phone. Three Circles app from North American Mission Board. This this one that, that I shared uh, this week, the, uh, the best news. Uh, right there, and and you don't even have to to memorize this long presentation. You know, I can remember in seminary we had to to memorize CWT book this this thick. I'm holding my fingers out about two inches <laughs> um, for those of you who are visual. Uh, we we're not, we're going to start a video podcast one of these days, but anyway, um, you know, and you had to memorize all of the the the, the presentation, the scripture. The uh, arguments, everything, you know, and it's intimidating to, to do that for, for pastors, much less for people who are not studying the Word of God as much as, as pastors study the Word of God. 
then there was faith, and, and faith was great, but it's the same thing. You had to memorize a presentation. Well, listen, you don't need a presentation. All you have to do is remember four or five scriptures out of the book of Romans, your life story and how you became a Christian, and you can show anybody in the world what it takes to become a Christian. We've, we've talked a lot about this, and I think that's kind of a good place to end it for today because I know that's a challenge to me as much as anybody else, the idea that really we live in a day that there are no more excuses. We, we should look around at the people around us and know that they're in desperate need of what we have. And we should get out there and share our, our faith with them. Um, so that's our challenge this week. Thank you, Brother Ben, for bringing that to us. And um, I know that challenged me, and I'm sure it challenged everybody else. Oh, yeah. um, and so you already said, next week we'll be. We're going to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to talk about good, better, and best. And we're going to start off with a little game at the beginning of the sermon. So. We're not going to, we're not going to like have the pastors stand in that order, are we? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but we could do that Sunday morning. That could be part of the game. <laughs> that's, Thanks that's scary. for bringing that up for us. Not, not good at performance review time. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, we do need to uh, do our would you rather question. Since uh, since Brother Ben felt so left out last week, should we should we let him pick this I'll, one? I think I'll so. grab one here. But on a side note, before we get to that, uh, he did mention the idea of a video podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one major impediment to that is that would be Brother Ben would have to not wear his shorts and flip-flops like he is right now. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, at least I'm not wearing the uh, the muscle shirt, so that's, that's good. My only problem is I'm lacking the muscles. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This this is a strange one. Um, Have would you a one yet? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Where did these come from again? Uh, Forest. The internet. <laughs> okay. Would you rather see Leviathan... Or see a dragon. Now, keep in mind, Leviathan is mentioned a couple of times in the Bible. It's a great large creature, uh, possibly a crocodile type thing. But is there any reference to dragons other than the Apocrypha? The Apocrypha has what Daniel and the dragon, I, I believe. Bell and the dragon. Oh, Bell and the dragon. Sorry, I can't believe I messed up my Apocrypha. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. so sad. Disappointing. <laughs> um. I think I'm actually going to go with dragon. Now, we've heard so much about him. Let's say I want to see a dragon. Mm. The getting burned up by fire might be a downside to that, though. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you, Revelation 12, 9 says, the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil. Of course, that's not the kind of dragon we want to see. Yeah, I'll say, <laughs> I don't think that's the same kind of dragon. <laughs> I uh. But then we can get off into Revelation and what is literal versus figurative. I'm I'm a little you know I'm a little ambivalent on that question because I would really love to see Leviathan and and finally once and for all know exactly what the Bible is talking about. But man, the chance to see a fire breathing flying dragon that's that's a big temptation. I feel like this might be a bad B movie, Leviathan versus the dragon, and. Uh, you know, kind of Godzilla versus Mothra or whatever. It'd be Hydra, the three-headed <laughs> dragon. I, there you go. Um, there you go. Nerds for the win. I, all I can give you is historical movies about boats that sink. <laughs> that's, that's all I got for you. <laughs> yeah. But at least we have seen Top Gun. <sighs> that is true. Have you still not seen Top Gun? I have not. <sighs> well, one, one quick tw- question here. I, I had... Uh, 
since are you going to answer the question yet? Oh, way, uh, true. Uh, I'll go with Leviathan. I can imagine what a dragon looked like, but I, I agree with Ben. It'd be it'd be nice to actually kind of figure out what exactly this thing is that we're talking about. Yeah, and if we could do it this side of eternity, we could write a book and make lots of money. It's got a point. So, here's the question. Going back to my game on on Sunday, I'll, I'll give you a preview, but this is not one I was going to use. Thought about it, but I didn't. Um, good, better, or best? Rank in the appropriate order. Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. So, like, from worst to best? Good. No, no, no. no they're all, no they all get well, to be good. Well, yes, yeah, but I'm better, saying, like, best. I will right. agree. There is not one that is bad out of that whole no. list. Yeah. I, I'd say Stargate is good. I'm, I'm going to upset Brother oh, Ben with this one. This moment brought to you by Nerds Everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to upset Brother Ben with this one, but I would say Stargate, Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, it, it's close. I do love Star Trek, but Star Wars just holds a, a deeper place in my heart personally. So, uh, Of course, that being mainly the first three and then, and then even the, the second three, and we'll just forget all those new ones. The the only thing against Star Wars would be the fact that when you say the first three, that gets confusing. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a blow to its superiority is the fact that it has the weirdest, the first three, but not the real first three, but the first three. You know, the first three. Yeah. The real first one. Well, then if we're talking Star Trek, are we talking Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek The Relaunch, Star Trek The TV Show, Star Trek The Relaunch of The TV Show? I think there was a, uh, there's a space station in there somewhere, wasn't it? Um Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Deep Space Nine, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to write. <laughs> um, I think I'm actually going to have to go with uh, Zach on this one. But I think I'm going to go with the same. I'm not giving justice to Stargate because uh, it's been so long since I've seen it. I cannot give it a real good review. But um, Star Wars, just there's something about it. I like the grittiness of it. You know, there's less polyester suits and um, red shirts that die in every episode and more, you know, unpredictable bounty hunters. And But you notice, Scotty always wore a red shirt. He never died. That's true. But the generic red shirt number three, he was not going to make it back <laughs> from the Atlantic. You crowd. always knew he was going to get that. Well, we hope your week this week goes better than it goes for red shirt number three. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thou art listening to Pastor's Chat. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Let's do this. All right.